0: Well, I must be a little nervous if I don't know where I'm from. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, good morning. Almost good afternoon. It's uh, <clears throat> still morning at my house. It's only 1020, I think. So I'm just so happy to be here. Um, it's like coming home, seeing a lot of old faces. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Met a lot of new friends and just so, just so happy to be here. This, is, this was home for us for a long time um, and just so thankful Uh, to be here. I've I've got a little, I think that was all I was going to say This real quick. I told you I'm nervous, just a little bit. It's so hard to follow. Somebody good, next time I'm here, you better make me first, because I don't. (laughs) First of all, that was amazing, and I learned so much, and I took really good notes, and secondly, I found out we're on Facebook Live, which really makes me nervous. Thank you so much. At least you, you know, didn't, well, you did know, didn't you? I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I love technology, but not when I'm the butt of it, but uh, also you might hear just a little bit of what we kind of, you know, I'm, she knew where I was kind of coming from, but you know, uh, you may hear a little bit of rehash, but that's okay, maybe you've forgotten already, hopefully not, it was great, anyway, so anyway, here we are, many years ago, right outside in the parking lot, my sweet little family, and you bragged a little bit about your children, so I thought I could too, but only because I feel like you guys had a little bit of, help in raising these three precious grown people. And I said I wasn't going to cry but <clears throat> sometimes I get nervous. Um, we had Rebecca. We moved here when she was five months old. and We left when she was 12 and this, this is still home to her. She moved back to Opelika for a while and she loved coming to visit you guys. And then we had little Seth with his cute little red bull and, and Rachel is the baby. Now they've done a little growing since then and a little changing. <laughs> My favorite family picture of the children Becca on the right, Rachel. We did finally get her some braces, and she got a husband finally. She is, she's, she's the only one that's married. and My only hope for grandchildren right now, and I am hoping every day. But I know there's. She is actually 24 today. Just ten and a half pounds. We were just talking about. Ten, the, that's my smallest child. Was my biggest baby. And and here's a most recent picture with her husband. I'm so proud of them for choosing good Christian. Um, good. Uh, he's a good Christian man. Comes from a great Christian family and. And, they, and you know, they've just jumped right in. They've moved away and they've jumped right into another congregation and they're just making such good choices. I pray for them every day because I put on my little family ring my husband gave me and and I pray for them every day that they just make good choices because that's what it's all about. And what you said about children was just, just amazing, so helpful. Um, boy, I wish everybody could have heard that. <coughs> um, but there's my only grand... Well, no, I do have another grand dog. They got another puppy for Christmas, and but that's Flynn and... Anyway, I'm just so proud, and I, and I feel like I could share that because there were so many good role models here, so many um, Bible class teachers that helped me along the way because, you know, the family, is, the family is the most important part when it comes to, of course, that's, that's God's plan. The family is the plan for raising Christian children, but the church does play a role, and I thank you so much for that. Um, so our topic is a good one. Worship like your life depends on it. Rebecca... Um, brought that to my attention that that's what we were going to be studying and I've been, it was strange because I've been studying I've been thinking about worship for a long time because people I know that are more dear to me on this planet than anybody and I, and I know you can say the same thing have just given up on worshiping God I see some heads shaking, you know they've just, they've just given up that for some, one reason or another, I, th- I think it's the devil's lie telling them, you know, I can worship at the lake I can worship in the woods, you know I can, you know, I don't have to go to worship. That's not the way God planned it. God wants us to be here, and I, and it's it's so very important. This is such an important. I, I thought about <clears throat> when I when I first started thinking about this and folks that I love and friends and and family and and you know handfuls, twin, you know, hundreds. You probably know people have fallen away that you never expected. You never expected that to happen. And we have to examine ourselves, like you said. We have to examine those folks. Now, when it comes right down to it, I'm the only one that can decide for myself. You know, am I going to be a faithful follower of Jesus? Um, that, that's their decision as well. But um, we can encourage and we can love. This is an important topic today. And um, it's just not true that, that we can go and worship God anywhere. God, our worship brings us closer to the Creator. It helps us focus on what's most important. In life, it's really when it all boils down to it, it's really the only thing that matters in this life, right? And the only thing that really matters is what happens in this life, preparing us for the next life. And worship has a lot to do with that because it's our constant relationship with Jesus. I know Debbie's already talked about this, and she said, Who is worship really for? And what'd she say? Is worship for God? Does he need us to worship him? He doesn't need us to worship him. But he knows what we need, doesn't he? He knows we need that relationship with other uh, Christians. He knows we need that time to express our gratitude. You can't hear? You can't hear? Uh, maybe this needs to move. I was wondering why I wasn't getting so many heads like Debbie's going. ah, yeah. uh, Y'all not hearing me. I'm sorry. Is that better? If I put it too close to my heart, you might hear that. We don't want... Oh, is that better, Glenda? Okay, I'm so sorry. Do y'all want me to start over? Because <laughs> we still got 35 minutes, and Mark says I got plenty of notes, but I don't know if that's going to be 35 minutes. But anyway, back. Now I lost my train. I'm so okay. Here we go. Let me find out where I was. So, who's worship really for? It's not. It's not for God. He does not need us. He doesn't need us to fulfill him. I like the way she said that. But we need it. We need that Christian fellowship. We need that constant reminder that, that's, that He is why we're here. We're here to serve Him. We're here to get to know Him. We're here to be like Him. And that's the only way we can learn to be like Him is by studying His Word. And one, one way is by coming to worship and spending time with Christian friends and fellowship. He desires us to be here. He wants us to be here because he knows what's good for us let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 and I'm a, I'm a flipper so I know Debbie had all hers pretty much memorized but I, I'm a flipper let's look at 1 Peter 2.9 and most of us up here I think so why do we worship? God knows it's really important for us 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for His own possession. If we're His His follower, He owns us. That you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. This is a dark world we live in, isn't it? You can watch the news for two minutes and realize how dark this world is, and what a blessing it is to be called out from that darkness. This should be a sanct. This is called a sanctuary people in the world call this where we worship a sanctuary because we are the sanctified we are set apart and this church should be a little heaven on earth is it always heaven on earth? probably not, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute but this is our response to what God has done for us if you'll back up just a little bit in verse 9 he says he has called us out of of darkness and what should our response be to that? That we may what? Proclaim His, the excellency of Him. That's our job. That's what we do in worship. We proclaim His excellence. He calls us out, and we are, we are here to praise Him. <clears throat> See, worship is not for us. It's for God, and it is a love, it is a love from a pure heart of gratitude. When you think, and Debbie talked a little bit about creation, you know, driving down here yesterday. It was a little little rainy. I'm, I'm so happy to see the sunshine. I had no idea it was supposed to be 77 or I wouldn't have worn this long sleeve shirt. I don't think it's quite that hot at home. <clears throat> but the mountains you know with the little fog. You look around anywhere and see the creation of God and it's just beautiful. And we have so much to be thankful for. We have family. We have friends. We have our church family. When we don't have a physical family we have church family. The blessings are too and even if we didn't have those physical blessings, the, the spiritual blessings far outweigh our physical blessings, don't they? They certainly do. And so when we come, when we have those times when things maybe aren't that great, when we think about gratefulness, I'm, a, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful we talked about medical, uh, med, modern medicine. I'm thankful for modern medicine. I'm thankful for grandchildren if I ever have any. I'm, I'm so in the future I'm thankful for the. I'm, I'm just, I'm just I'm, we need to have a heart that is full of gratitude because when we look around and we see what God has done for us and what he continues to do for us every single day it's just an overwhelming thought um, you know I know you've heard the old saying I wanted to get this out there like you kind of threw in the children thing at the end I'm going to throw this out there because it's such an important statement you've heard it before Sitting on a pew doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in a chicken house makes you a hen. Just get that a visual model in your head. You sitting in a chicken house. You're not a hen just because you're sitting in a ch- We're not Christians just because we come and we sit on a pew. Motive, our attitude, the reason we're here, our purpose for being here. God knows our hearts, and that is so important. We need a time of reflection. Worship is a great time of reflection. Now, all of that was my introduction. And I have two points. I'm a preacher's wife, too. I've been a preacher's wife since 1984, sort of. Y'all do the math? I do math, okay, just not real. I'm on the fly. I don't do it real fast. So 1984. Um, I have two points. Uh, when Mark and I sat down, you know, I, I went to him, and I said, Look, here's the topic. Just give me the outline. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, where where should I start? He said Psalm 42. So if y'all turn, and I bet you I have missed some of these. I know I hadn't. Look at there. Psalm 42. That's only a part of it. We're going to read the whole thing. It's really short. So if you want to turn to Psalm chapter 42, that's where we're going to get these two points. They They just kind of flew off the page to me, so I didn't even steal this lesson. I was kind of proud of myself. Psalm chapter 42. This first part sounds probably pretty familiar if you were a camp kid. Um, beautiful song from this first these first two verses. <clears throat> As the deer pants for flowing water, so my soul so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, "Where is your God?" These things I remember. As I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts of songs and of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon and Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep, at the roar of your waterfalls, at your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to you, my rock, why have you forsaken me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul, and why are you in t- turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation, and my God. I know you guys have probably, well, I have. I've, there are a couple of reality shows I like, not many, but I have watched some of those, Why I Shouldn't Be Here, or Why Am I Still Alive, or, you know, you know those. Those where they have a plane crash and they have to go without food and water, and what's the first thing they look for? the first thing anybody if even, in a, even in a sea have you ever seen those where people are trapped in, on the ocean like you have like a little inner tube and in they're in the ocean for three days surrounded by water but that water's no good to them what are they looking for they're looking for fresh water that's what we that's how we should be longing for Jesus water is essential we have to have it I think they say every three days if you don't have water in three days you're a goner Mark, when we first moved from here, had um, lots of kidney stones, and we don't know why, but a nurse for the urologist said, if people would drink enough water, we would be out of a job. You know, if you drank, you got what you needed from that water, then all your organs would work properly. And we're trying to do better. Mark hadn't had a Coke or a tea since January 1, and that is huge. (laughs) I am so proud of him that is huge, you don't know, He was totally addicted. But our thirst for God should be the same. we are thirsting for water, if you' make just a minute. That's kind of making me thirsty. So our relationship with God depends on just that, our need for Him. Our desire for God should be a desire that fills our physical needs like the water. We realize what God has done for us and He continues to do for us, and that should be our natural desire as we come to worship God. And to praise Him, I think of a very important um, story that you know from from the New Testament, from Luke chapter ten. If you'll flip over there real quick, <clears throat> I know you know this this story well, but it just um, it just served as a great example, I think, for getting our priorities in the correct spot. Um, Luke chapter ten, starting in verse thirty-eight, real short. I'm going to read now. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha. Welcome to her, her, welcomed him into her house. That's a good plan. Invite Jesus in. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I have scribbled on the side of my Bible, choose the good portion. And then I chose to write some of the verbs because it just kind of hit home. Distracted. Do we ever get distracted in worship or in, our, in those six days that were previous to that worship? Do we ever get distracted by life's troubles or even life's great things are happening? We get distracted by the good things that are happening as well. We take our focus off what's really, really important. The second verb was anxious. You ever get worried, concerned, about to have a baby? That's an exciting time, but it can be an anxious time too. Do we get so overwhelmed with some of those things? Perhaps. Last verb, troubled. Sometimes we allow these things to overtake our lives and take the joy out of our Christian life. Mary, Martha, Martha, Martha did that. Are you a Mary or are you a Martha? I pray to be a Mary, but so many times, so many times I'm afraid that Martha's sitting there going, you know, you got things to do. And our priorities kind of get out of whack. How many times have I been a Martha? Just too many times to count. You know, we have an opportunity when it comes to worship to sit at the feet of Jesus. Only because the preacher or the teacher is teaching through God's Word. And we have that opportunity. And, to, and and not to take that opportunity, we're missing out a whole lot. We have an opportunity to hear his word preached. We have an opportunity to sing to one another and encourage one another. The singing was beautiful this morning, by the way. Uh, Lauren? Yes. That's good, this old brain. We have an opportunity to do that, and it was beautiful, and it was encouraging. Um, we have an opportunity to, for, you know, observe the Lord's Supper and to remember what God has done for us. On a weekly basis, we should be we should be working up to that every six days before as so eloquently delivered a little while ago. We have an opportunity to give back just the smallest bit of portion that He's given to us. And one of the best things, I think, is, is, is to share a like faith with so many special people. And we get a chance to do that. And to forget that. It's just it's, I, I don't understand. I don't understand how folks can go through Trials, when I see the darkness in the world, how do people actually deal with those problems without a God in their life? I just, I don't, I don't get it. <clears throat> but I, I was reminded too of another camp song. You know, what, we were campers for a long, long time. And I think of the song Every Time I See a Child, I See the Gentleness of the Lord. Y'all remember that song if you went to camp? The, the, the clincher really to me was the, the chorus. And it says, I don't know why so many things seem to get in my way of seeing my God's glory, but I try every day to see and to thank Him for all the things He's given to me. I can still see myself sitting on that porch at Backwoods Christian Camp and singing that song and just crying because I thought. And that's back when my kids were little, you know, and there were so many distractions. But there are always, there are always distractions, aren't there? No matter what age, no matter what stage, you got distractions. But I still remember thinking, why do so many things get in my way? Why are there so many distractions? devil he's in there telling us it's okay to be distracted by other things but God is worthy of our praise every time I watch a storm back to that creation just look around you God has blessed us so much and he's worthy of our praise and our thanksgiving so why do so many give up on worship have you thought about that because I thought about that as I thought about those friends and family that I've just that I've just known for years who who maybe grew up the way I did or or grew up around the same people and had the same influences, and they just decided to quit. Why? I believe it all is at the heart of the matter. You know, why do you come to church in the first place? I think that's pretty important questions to ask yourself. Why, why are you here? You gave up a Saturday. There's like gold around my house. I gave Rachel a shirt for her birthday that says, Saturday. <laughs> I wanted one real bad, but it was $30. But Saturday said it all to me because we, we, you know, we, we work all week and we decide, let's take a break. We've got to clean this house. You know, we got to mop the floors. And there's always that second or third or fourth job. But, and then why are you going to set your alarm tomorrow and get in your fanciest duds and go to church? Ask yourself that question. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Uh, I think that some people, well, let's go on this slide. Psalm 69. Let's flip over there real quick. I mean, because sometimes we do lose that desire quite honestly when things get bad Psalm 69 let's read a little bit of this this comes from actually from the man after God's own heart who was that thank you David was a man after God's own heart we're going to have those dry times like this psalmist did he says Psalm chapter 69 such picturesque words I want to read just one through three it says save me O God For the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. Can you just see it? No foothold. I have come into deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. What's he saying here? He's saying, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I have no place to put my feet. I'm going down for my last count. You ever felt like that? Things, life is not always great. If it was so great here, why would we desire to go to heaven? So, there are times in life when things are hard. David saw it. A lot of the Psalms, if you go read the Psalms, a lot of the Psalms, they might they talk a little bit about uh, you feel like they, they feel like God has forsaken them or their enemies have come to take them over We've had times like that. Mark was privileged. This is the only picture I had. I'm sorry. Mark had the privilege of going to the Ukraine with Dennis Kurt. If y'all remember him, he was at Broad Street. They're still best buds. And um, they got Mark hates, you know. He's a nervous person. So he doesn't like, he spread fretted about that plane. He said, uh, he, he, he quotes, you know, low. Jesus said, low, I am with you always. <laughs> so he was... He was afraid of getting on that plane, but he he took that trek anyway, and I think he was really glad that he did because he got to see a part of the world that, you know, we are so blessed physically, you know. These people have more hardships than than we can probably even imagine. Just three little stories that I remembered when he came back, and this has been years ago, and I don't have much of a memory, and so we were trying to get it together, and some of these may not be very accurate, but they're still good points, so y'all listen up. (laughs) The first first one I remembered... uh, was the lady walking three miles to church. That's not that big a deal to some people, I guess, but I don't remember ever walking to church. But I think, you know, she had the desire to go. Weather's not like it is over here. It's not 77. I I think they have some pretty cold winters over there. Another story was the lady had um, her mode of transportation was her bicycle. And, the, and she rode at work. She rode it to church on her bicycle and her, her bicycle got stolen and the church was pooling together funds so that, they, that she could buy another one. Uh, but the third and the, to me the most important story was after they had left and you may have heard this story circulating <clears throat> after um, one, of the, one of the towns that I couldn't pronounce even if I could remember which one it was um, had built a pretty nice building probably nothing as beautiful as this that we have today For their standards was a really nice place to worship. And they put their time and their money in it. And even some Christians from America did the same thing. And they had a really nice building. And the government just decided, we like it a little more than you do. And they're going to come in and they're going to take over that building. So the church now had no place to worship. As I imagine that story, I think, I guarantee you, now I don't know for a fact, but I guarantee you those people's faith and their worship to God was not squelched anyway. Because I know what the Bible says about trials and tribulations. I know what that does for us. When we have trials and tribulations, what's the Bible say for us? It brings us closer to God. That's why we have trials and tribulations. So I feel like these Christians over in the Ukraine are still worshiping today. They might not be in that big, nice building that they had before, but I guarantee you they are still, they still have that desire to worship God. gives you chill bumps, doesn't it? makes you grateful for what we have. It does me. Uh, so let's go back to Psalm 42. I'm sorry I keep flipping, but I told you I was a flipper, and I'm I'm almost to my second point. And it's almost time to go home, isn't it? So chapter 42, let's look at a few of these into a little bit more depth. In uh, Psalm 42, verse 3, it says, My tears have been my food day and night. And verse 6, he continues, Why are you cast down, O God? And why are you in turmoil within me? Verse nine, he says, "I say to God, my rock, have you forsaken me?" The writer has doubts and he's discouraged, and we have those times. We have those de- those those desert times. First time I wrote it, it was desert, so Rachel fixed it for me. We have spiritual deserts. We have dry times. We feel like there are probably times when people are taunting us. You have enemies. You know what do we do? What do we do during those times? Um, even though we're discouraged, in 42.11, I think this is probably the key verse. It says, Why are you cast down, O oh my God, and why are you in turmoil within me? This is where the rubber meets the road, guys. Hope in God. Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. You want to give up? Don't. Things are tough? Don't give up. Hope in God. Bills are late. Hope in God. Somebody dies. Somebody you love. Somebody you miss. You had a fight. Hope in God. You come to church. No trouble like a church trouble. That's what I hear. It's rough. I know you've been through it. Hope in God. Don't give up. That was point number one. And we're going to fly on through the second point. The second point is decision. When you have times that are desert times and you will have those times decide today decide little Libby that you're going to be a Christian when you grow up we go to camp with this guy uh, from Huntsville and he always asks the kids three questions and I probably can't remember them first is why are you a Christian when you grow up you're going to be a what and the kids say a Christian who are you going to marry a Christian so they're making those decisions today You make those decisions today. Even when it's hard, you make those decisions. These things I remember from Psalm 42 verse 4 says, As I pour out my soul, how I would go with a throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. Make that decision to worship God even when you don't feel like worshiping God. I was talking to my twenty, almost 29-year-old last night on the phone and and she was saying, well, what are you speaking on? And I, we were just talking about it. And she said, look, um, when I was 16 and you didn't, I wasn't real easy to get along with, you decided to love me, didn't you? There I said, yeah, yeah. And 17 and 18 and 25. No, no, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. No, she's precious. Um, but we have to make that decision. We make that decision every day. You make that decision. Love is an action word, isn't it? Love is an action word. You've got to make that decision. When you're little, you might decide to be here because your parents make you be here, right? When you get older, you may decide to come because my best friends are there. I've known lots of young people that have been parts of youth groups who are loving to go to those youth trips. Mission trip here, mission trip there. And when they have the choice to get out of their house, do they decide, do they choose to worship God? It was a social thing. A lot of times it's a, so, it's a social thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's a social thing. You've got to think about your motive. It might be, it just makes me feel good. It might just be a habit. You know, I'm the preacher's wife. I've got to be there, right? we got to be there. Is it a habit? It's your motive. Let's think about our motives. Let's think about the reasons. Because our best friends might move away. We're going to be at our parents' house one day. You've got to have a pure heart one that's motivated by gratefulness and love for God. We've got to decide. Our decisions and our motivations to worship should come from a pure heart. A heart that loves and appreciates what God has done for us. That's the only motivation that's going to last us through hard times. It really is. I'm about finished. I want you to ask yourself this question. Because, like I said before, it all boils down to how you are going to react you have no, we have no control over anybody else. I wish we did. Sort of. Don't you wish you could push a put- button and make people do what you think they ought to do? They have that choice, and we have choice about our our lives, our own lives. So make this, ask yourself, when I was, when I was going back in my mind, I was thinking about the, just looking at this lesson and thinking about this lesson, you know, I thought about sitting down, and I'm not much of a writer, but One thing I'd thought about was maybe trying to blog. 52 reasons to worship, you know, one per week. Well, that's on my long list of things to do. Why are we here? Think about that. What is your motivation? Um, In the book of Revelations, be faithful unto death. You can probably quote it, and I will give you what? A crown of life. I know you are serious about worshiping because you're here on a Saturday, and I'm pretty sure that most of you are going to get up in the morning and go to church too. And you're not going to just sit on that pew. You're going to worship God with a pure heart and a motive and an attitude that tells Him that you love Him more than anything and that you want to be prepared for the next life because that is the only thing that matters in this life. But you're going to have times in your life when there are deserts, when, when things are hard, and you've got to make that decision. <laughs> Excuse me. God has given us so much. And we are so grateful. So this is one of my favorite scriptures. Debbie got to um, use one of hers. This is one of my favorite. So this is what I want to leave you with. 1 Corinthians 15 58 says, Therefore, my beloved, beloved sister, be steadfast, immovable. Don't move. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. In the Lord. If you're going to be in the Lord, you've got to be doing His word, and you you need to be doing His work, and part of that is to come to worship and to show Him, not just Sunday, but every day, show Him what He means to you. Show Him that you love Him and you're prepared and you are preparing to go to that next life. Because once again, it's the only thing that matters. You ladies are burying a sweet, sweet Christian sister on Tuesday. I hear, right? Miss O.P. is gone. And she's in a much better place. She's in a much better place. Merle said she's been ready. And that's what we need to be. We need to be ready. Mark has a funny, a funny story. He can tell you stories about Dot and OP. And I'll uh, tell you later about one that's really funny if you have time. But uh, one of the, the, the one he said Wednesday night when he was telling folks at church that he would probably be coming up here to help um, with the funeral, he said um, OP had lost everybody that she loved in this, on this, on this, well, not, she didn't lose everybody. She loves y'all too. But she'd lost all her family, she'd lost her husband. She lost her boys. She she eventually lost Dot after we were gone. And um, that's tough. That is tough. That's a desert right there, isn't it? She's feeling lonely. Maybe she felt like God. I don't think she did, not from what Marl said. She didn't feel God had abandoned her. She knew what was coming. She longed for that day. Um, but she t- Mark tells a story about when he goes and um, sees her on the day that she finds out that she's lost her second son. And he said she gets up and she goes into the other room and she comes back and she finally she throws her hands over there it's okay it's okay I've given it to the Lord I've given it to the Lord he's probably going he's probably going to tell that on Tuesday that's what we've got to do we've got to give everything we've got to the Lord and worship is just a small part of that it's an important part but it's just a small part of that we've got to give it to the Lord because he has given us so very much so appreciate y'all, your attention and I hope something that was said today, it's been a great day thank y'all for all the work that you did it's been really nice God bless y'all